And in terms of, re- I suppose, a couple of quick things. Um, firstly, as, as the passage says, it's about, it's, Jesus tells that parable to illustrate prayer. Um, uh, and so, um, uh, when Paul did the kind of clever bits of putting passages together for weeks and things, and so uh, I thought, oh, is this the right passage? Because it's about prayer. Um, but of course, the judge figure and the justice theme runs throughout. So, and I guess, um, as we'll, uh, we'll perhaps unpack, you know, that, that sense in which uh, justice and prayer go hand in glove, don't they? Um, as we lean in to God's, um, uh, God's uh, heart for justice, um, uh, you know, in prayer, then so too we, we believe our hearts and minds are transformed and that we're transformed through that. And, and some of the injustice that we see on our screens, that we, we read about, um, is so overwhelming that all we can do is, is pray. Um, not that that is anything less than anything else. Um, but we get, to, we get to pray into those situations. So, um, so I thought, okay, let's stick with this. Um, and I fear Paul Cheeseman. Um, he's a great guy, isn't he? But I don't want to cross him. Um, so uh, we'll stick in with a passage. Has this been recorded? Um, so, um, and um, I wanted also to recap right to the very beginning. Do you remember that Rob Bell video? Um, uh, the, the gist of it was this. Um, it was about Jesus' calling of his disciples. Um, and I, until, I'd, until I'd seen this video, I'd, I, I didn't know that, that the calling of the disciples, a rabbi calling his disciples, was, was um, well... Um, there was, it, was, it was stiff competition. You know, to become a disciple of a rabbi, then um, I, uh, people had to show uh, that they were brilliant. Um, and not just brilliant, but the, the most brilliant of the brilliant. You know, the, the role of the disciple was reserved for the very best of the Jewish scholars. You know, the double-starred Oxford University first uh, graduate of the day. And then Jesus calls his disciples, and he calls fishermen. People at the other end of, I suppose, the, the gene, you know, intellectual gene pool. Usually, disciples were at the deep end. They'd learnt the Jewish uh, scriptures off by heart, brilliantly, more than anybody else. And Jesus calls disciples from fishermen repairing their nets. So, uh, I, like I say, I, I can feel the kind of hairs on the back of my neck stand up because I think, oh yes, this kingdom of which we are part, um, this topsy-turvy kingdom takes, in that case, the, the elitism of you're not good enough or only, only a very small number of people are good enough to be disciples into the everyone is welcome to be a disciple. And, and not just to kind of scrape in at the back a bit embarrassed, but everyone is welcomed to be a disciple, to be a, a, a kind of child of God. And I, and, I, and I just love that topsy-turvy nature of the kingdom. And I guess as we look at justice, oh, oh, sorry, as I have looked at justice, that's another thing, isn't it? I like it when people pray, thank you for all the preparation that John's done. Like, you know, kind of whatever that is. Um, so as we think about justice together, 
Um, and as I thought about this over the course of the last week, then I've been struck about how kingdom justice, we'll talk a little about law, because why wouldn't we? But kingdom justice is what we're really about. And that is an altogether different thing to, to, to lawyers and courts and judges and juries. Okay, so three thoughts, of course. Justice is more than the law. Uh, kingdom justice is about restoration, making things right. Um, and thirdly, it's about making things right now, which might be easier than we think. Okay, so justice is more than the law. Um, I, think it, I do think justice embraces the law, and maybe even lawyers, um, but it's more than the law, and we certainly don't need to be lawyers to be involved in it. So when we think about justice, I guess um, we think... Oh, I was just about... I'd forgotten. I was going to start my stopwatch. There you go. Um, so when we think about justice, then uh, we, we think about... I think we think about uh, lawbreakers, and they get what is due to them. That sense of what's due, what's... Right, so, for example, if I sold Becky a book for £10, um, and if Becky didn't pay me, then I could, I could sue. I could sue... Sorry, I shouldn't say... I could sue Becky and, um, and get what is due to me. The promise of the £10 would be enforced by the court. I could get what is due to me. Um, in a criminal case, the lawbreaker gets what's due to them, uh, either by way of a fine driving at a speed that is greater than the legal limit, or with loss of their liberty, for example, for a murder. So society gets, what's, gets what is due to it in the form of a deterrent and some cash and safety for the time that you know, a, a violent criminal is imprisoned. So I guess in those easy examples, we can see that um, what is due, you know, what is due to the person who has hasn't been paid, what is due to the, um, the, the, the driver who's gone too fast, what is due to the murder is, is also kind of a sense of what is right. There's a big debate uh, about law and, the, and where law comes from. Is it, is it morality or is it something different? And um, 50 years ago, this is a really hot debate between two judges, whether the law should be a moralistic law or whether it should be something more you know, something, something different. But whatever the outcome of that debate, I think, I mean, there's a common sense in which what is due is what is right. That the law is right. Um, but if we keep those, those examples, then what if I'm speeding to take a child to hospital for a life-saving operation? And what if I kill somebody who's going to blow up a station at which there are thousands of people who might die. So it's easy to state the law, isn't it? Even rationalise it until people become involved. Um, and, and as I was thinking about justice um, and kingdom justice, then um, when we think about our status, our eternal status before God, we don't get what is due to us. We don't get what is right. Um, if we think of justice about what is due, then we're in trouble. It's God's love and mercy affected on the cross at Calvary that creates an injustice in one sense. 
Now, of course, I'm not departing from the, our faith. I'm not saying, um, you know, we, we know, don't we, that God's love and, and, and the perfection of, of God and Jesus um, sacrificed in our place so that we can stand before God assured, not through what we have done, not assured of our eternal status through, through Jesus, through, through God, through God's love and grace. But there's a sense in which that is an injustice. Um, and this will have troubled theologians for years. Um, but for this morning, I thought it just, it just jumped out at me that our very standing in the kingdom of God is not by virtue of that right and wrong sense of justice, not that sense of what is due or what is right, but by reason of God's overwhelming love and grace, that word again, his overwhelming mercy. So if we are king, citizens of, of the kingdom, as we are, then we are, it's back to that sense of mindset or heart set that's different. So as we come to think about justice, then I think we have to think through that kingdom lens. So um, what's, um, what's right and wrong may not be so important all of the time as we used to think it was. It's Richard Ruhr, isn't it, that um, brilliant writer who lots of us, I think, have come across. Um, in his book, Falling Upwards, he talks about how um, it's a, he, he's seen it as a sign of maturity in the second half of his life um, to um, concentrate on what really matters. In the first half of his life, I think he says it's about building boundaries. It's about building family and building a sense of who we are and career and calling. And then the second half, he says, is perhaps more of living in that. And in so doing, uh, he says that, you know, in, in his younger life, the, the boundaries of what was right and wrong were really important to police. Um, he doesn't say this, but kind of, you know, wearing hats, not chewing gum in church. You know, I can imagine those are the things that when I was, gosh, these were like super important. But as we mature in our faith, we realize that uh, what really matters really matters. And we should hold on to that and guard it, you know, keenly. But actually, that's a lot less than might have seemed to be the case when we were younger. And so too, I think, with this sense of justice. What really matters really matters, but I just wonder whether we get caught up a bit on what's right and wrong, when really that's for God. And our role is less of, uh, um, yeah, theological policemen and more of kingdom citizens that may just be for me feel free to disregard um, or read Richard Ruhr um, uh, who I think is this sort of he, he, he describes the kingdom he helps us see these things through the kingdom lens okay so this is the context of, of our reading this morning if you scroll back in, in Luke then uh, Jesus has been teaching about kingdom values in the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, Luke 15, the shrewd manager, Luke 16, the rich man and Lazarus, also of Luke 16, the ten healed of leprosy, and then we get in, in Luke 17, and then we get to this teaching about prayer and about the kingdom of God. Um, 
Just to pause a few things on, on the parable. The claim is made by a widow. We know nothing of her claim, but we know she's a widow. We know then that the, she was amongst the poor and the vulnerable um, of her society at the time. She was amongst those who could not be assured of access to justice. Um, and, of course, lots has changed between then and now. The disciples, as they heard the parable, would have understood uh, that access to justice was not assured, uh, and probably by anybody, but certainly not by a widow. Um, And so, like I say, we've come a long way in terms of access to justice, but there are still many who, in reality, in, in, in the 21st century, are still outside of the justice system because they can't afford it, because... The forms are in in a language they don't understand. The judge is is a man and is said to be lazy and corrupt. I'm sure those don't follow as a matter of course. Um, Yeah, it's not that he was therefore lazy and corrupt. But anyway, um, uh, and we're fortunate again to live in a time and place where judges and the system in which they operate can't be lazy and corrupt. Um, And... In the UK, I think that's why we have lots of cases um, that are brought, you know, the Russian oligarch cases were brought in English courts because the, the system and the judges um, can't be bought, can't be corrupted. But again, that's not to say that the system is open to all. And again, that's a recurring theme for me, uh, that... Um, the backstop of justice in the form of the courts isn't open to all. It is. It's like saying, isn't it, that everyone can go to the Savoy Hotel for tea. They can, but they can't. They could, but they can't. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and, and with the parable, a couple of quick points. Um, It's not that God blesses the widow with some brilliant argument, is it, before the judge, or with some moment of divine clarity or or intervention. It's the widow's persistence, and the judge just wants a quiet life. Um, Hardly the most noble or spiritually edifying, dynamic situation, but one in which justice was nevertheless done. God works in the real world, and not some spiritual greenhouse. And I think that's really encouraging. Finally, it seems that no lawyers were involved in this story. Heartbreaking, but there you have it. Okay, second point. uh, Kingdom justice is about making things right. And God is ahead of us in that. So there's no hesitation to describe God as just. Over and over in the the Psalms, um, God is described as loving justice. Um, Not in a passive way, but in the sense of doing justice. Um, In In Psalm 140, the psalmist writes, I know that the Lord secures justice for the poor and upholds the cause of the needy. So as we heard last week from Karis and um, Alex, um, when they were talking about climate justice, then they were recognizing, weren't they, that it's the poor and the vulnerable who are the first victims of things that they are not responsible for. The north and the west and hemispheres are consumers and the consequences of that are, re- are brought to bear on the south and the eastern hemispheres. And God's heart 
I think part of this kingdom sense of, of justice or kingdom justice is it's for the vulnerable and the poor and the oppressed. There's no escaping that. Um, and so again, I think, yeah, about making things right. Um, the, and here, the persistence of the widow results in a claim being heard and justice being done, despite the lazy and the corrupt judge. So, so God's justice is bigger than the legal system and the people inside it. God's justice is active, it's responsive. And the motives of those involved don't necessarily act as a barrier to kingdom justice. Come on to that in a minute. So justice is for the many, not for the holy few. It's an everyday thing in which people get what is rightly theirs. And, and like when we thought about wisdom, do you remember, we, God is wise... But, but he's more than that. He is wisdom. He's the source of wisdom. And just, I think God is just, but he's more than that. He's the source of justice. He is justice. Justice in that sense of making things right. Or righteousness. And as beneficiaries of that righteousness, then we too are called to be involved in his justice, in this kingdom justice. Not in a way that requires us all to be lawyers, uh, not in a way that requires us to be a holy elite um, through, God, uh, through whom God can work. Rather, it's about what God's about. And we get the chance to be involved in that, to get into step with what God is doing, uh, to join in. Do you remember in the parable, um, Jesus says, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about his justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off, as the judge did? Rhetorical question. I tell you, he will see, God will see, that they get justice and quickly. So, another way in which the civil justice system has fallen short. <laughs> um, that speed isn't necessarily associated with justice. But in, in the disciples' hearing and the disciples' seeing the following of Jesus, then justice was in the small things, in the day-to-day. -day. Justice was in the challenging of situations that weren't right. And justice was making things right. Less about what's right and wrong, more about making things right. And I think that's where we are today, isn't it? Um, third thing, um, yeah, it's about making situations right now. And, uh, and might it be easier than we think? What do I mean by this? Um, well, because it's in the small things. Um, if Amy, my daughter, was here, she'd insist that I talk about global you know, injustice and, and shouting at people. Sorry, sorry, speaking truth to power. Um, uh, and... And protesting, um, and um, and I'm, and thank goodness there are people like Amy who stand up for these things and the right to protest and the right, uh, you know, to to be heard. Um, and it is that, and and we might want to um, get involved with and support those organisations, um, um, and and of course there are Christian organisations. Um, 
what I written down, here we go, um, tear fund. Like Becky brought to us last week the, um, the example of, uh, yes, it's the plastic, what was it called? The, the, it's not the war against plastic, it's something, the plastic promise is our response. Uh, uh, thank you. And that sense in which we're doing something to address injustice. We're, make, we're, we're getting into step with God, making things right. Um, but there's also um, tier fund. There's, there's World Vision, Christians Against Poverty, Christian Aid, and more besides. But I wonder if this parable illustrates that you know, God can work through his people, but he, but, but he works through lazy and corrupt judges as well. So maybe this division between Christian organizations and others, I don't know how helpful that is. Um, and maybe we should think about getting involved with amnesty, with justice, with Save the Children, with Oxfam. Um, I'm really uh, keen on this organization called the Good Law Project. Um, and and it, it is standing up today against the, the corrupt... <laughs> I don't know if they're lazy, but the government who awarded the contracts to, you know, the PPE contracts and through COVID, not through the proper legal procurement, but through um, uh, to, to friends and relations, you know, that's, and, and this, this is run by a, a barrister um, and it's grown and grown and you can crowd um, fund litigation to make things right. Um, I don't, he's at Greenbelt, I mean, um, and so... I don't know whether he's a believer or what, a man of faith or, or whatever. It doesn't, but maybe it doesn't matter. God works through those situations and those people because God is a God of making things right. God is a God of justice in the sense of, yeah, making things right. Um, and that comes, um, this is towards the end now. Yes, it is. Um, so, um, even though I've got five pages now. Um, God is a God of making things right in this topsy-turvy way, isn't there? Um, and, you know, thinking about what the disciples would have seen and heard, you know, in the first century and putting ourselves into their sandals, then we would have, um, we would see how the disciples stopped children coming to Jesus. And Jesus says, no, the kingdom of God is for, for such as these. Turning things upside down. Making things right in the kingdom sense, which is a bit different to the way of the society. Uh, the blind beggar, uh, this is all in, these, these two are in Luke, who calls out um, in that inconvenient and, you know, way. And, and the disciples are trying to, I got them in my mind there, the side riders, you know, the security men, the making sure that Jesus gets to where he needs to be and isn't troubled by, by people. And Jesus no, does touch the, the, the blind beggar and makes things right, brings about that kingdom justice in the, in the dirt and the grit and the noise and the chaos. And then in the woman at the well, the disciples are off to get food, it's midday and the, and, and the woman is at the well, the Samaritan woman, um, and uh, I was reading a commentary and it said, you know, if it was up to the disciples that had just gone through Samaria without talking to anybody, and there's Jesus talking to a woman in the heat of the midday sun, so she was a bit of a social outcast. She's getting water from an old well, takes a lot of effort and time because perhaps the shame of being seen at a, uh, you know, the more usual well. And yet, so, so, so Jesus is um, 
telling stories. It's being seen in places uh, with people who are at the grubby end um, and, and is bringing kingdom justice into those situations. And in those cases, it's not so much about, it's not about law. Um, it's not about right and wrong. It's about making things right. Making things right. Yeah, last thought. Um, and, and this is where the, the disciples were um, in those situations. Uh, they were kind of acting out of a pure heart. When they? they wanted to do the best for Jesus. He's tired. He's got to be somewhere else. Um, and so when the, the children come, then they try and step in to do the right thing. In doing so, they just miss the kingdom lens. They just miss the kingdom difference. Um, and so I think that, for me, is the sort of, yes, break free from plastic was the name of the campaign uh, from, from uh, Tear Fund. Uh, if, we, if we are always thinking what, what's right and wrong or... If we're thinking of that through our own experience or you know, societal kind of norms, then I wonder if we're missing out on the kingdom justice. We're missing out on that topsy-turvy kind of view of things that, that values the fishermen disciples um, above the academic elite. We're missing out on um, that heart of compassion that welcomes the, the inconvenient children and the noisy blind beggar to do what is right, to, to bring God's justice, kingdom justice into that situation. Um, if we are too narrow in thinking that God can only work through um, Christian aid or through world vision, then we're missing out on the way in which God works and, and God's power, God's um, almost... Not quite irresistible, but God's um, heart for justice. God's kingdom in which this new justice, this different form of justice, um, is, is part of the kingdom value. Like I say, I think um, there's a place for the law in kingdom justice. But they're different. Um, and, of course, you know, kingdom justice could look like injustice. That, you know, we don't get what we deserve. We can stand in front of God assured of our eternal status despite uh, all that we, we have done and do. Um, and so, um, yeah, I want just to kind of finish up by thinking about that sense in what, what is God's kingdom about? What matters to God? What is God doing, you know, ahead of us? How can we get into step with kingdom justice? Um, whether that's in our, in our, in our friend, friendship groups, our family. Is there, an, is there something that needs to be, we want God to help put right, to restore his kingdom justice into that situation? Or are we being called into action in a broader um, compass of justice? Maybe it's something to do with human rights or, or you know, freedom of expression. The UK has a, a really bad human rights record. We, we hold people without charge for ages, technical term. Um, 
and deprive them of a liberty in the name of national security. We stop, um, you know, we, we, we erode human rights in the name of national security, and it doesn't work. Um, so maybe God's nudging us to find out a bit more about that. Or maybe, uh, you know, we, we feel uh, called to pray uh, about some of the global injustices, whether it's climate, and we can do a bit about that, or whether it's human rights, or whether it's um, oppressive regimes. What is it, I wonder, that um, speaks into our heart? What, what is it about the kingdom justice that God's nudging us to do something about? It could be at home this afternoon, it could be in a different part of the world at, at a different time. So let's stay close to God, um, get in step with what he's doing. Look for justice, kingdom justice, in the everyday as well as the global. And let's weave this into our stories, uh, our stories of our own faith journey. And I pray that, that the kingdom justice will be something that, we, we, that grows in our midst. Amen.